0: The news media and other crime families are singing the praises of the Biden campaign for its brilliant strategy of counter-programming the Republican convention with Democrat riots and looting. NBC's Chuck Todd, in an interview with the life-size cardboard cutout of himself he keeps in his bedroom for when his wife's away, said, quote, Republicans have debased themselves with calls for absurd patriotic unity, programs for garish prosperity, and a foreign policy selfishly designed to help the United States before anyone else. It's a stroke of genius for Democrats to balance that with high-minded images of people's businesses going up in flames in the name of social justice. Who on earth can remain uninspired by the great cause of destroying everything anyone has ever built in order to create a utopia you thought of while playing Fortnite in your parents' basement, unquote. Joe Biden's campaign manager, Zippy McDoodad says he invented the Democrat strategy while playing Fortnite in his parents' basement. In a statement released to a berserker of the subclass soldier with the hot body skin McDoodad dreams could one day be his, the manager said, quote, everybody knows that Orange Man is bad, so we want to create a contrast with him by having our candidate hide in a cellar, talk gibberish, and tacitly support the destruction of America's cities. I've been tracking the news media between spawns, and they are loving it, so I figure I can get a CNN gig for sure if Joe dies, which could happen any minute. I mean, just look at him, unquote. Joe Biden says he's been monitoring the Republican convention himself and slipped a note out under his cellar door, reading, quote, who's that big orange guy? He's very scary. I hope I don't have to talk to him to get to be president. Can I resign now? Unquote. Biden plans to make an appearance later today to announce that there's one stain on the cellar floorboards that really looks like Magneto from the X-Men movies. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. Life is tickety-boo, birds are winging, also singing, hunky dunky ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a zing it's a wonderful day, hoorah,
1: hooray, it makes me want to sing, oh, hoorah, hooray, oh, hooray, hoorah.
0: All right, we are back laughing our way through the fall of the republic. I got some personal business to take care of, so it's going to be a long, clavenless weekend. I will be back on Tuesday, and I'll do a show Tuesday through Friday instead of the usual Monday through Thursday. You're not going to survive four days without me anyway, so don't worry about it. Uh, please go on. The one thing you can do if you want to get more content, we've got fresh content up that's not on the shows. We've got all the uh, opens from the shows on the Andrew Claven YouTube channel. So please go on and subscribe. We're trying to get from 100,000 to 200,000 now. So we need each and every one of you to go on and do this. Leave a comment. And if you're completely brain dead, we will consider you among the top uh, quintile of our listening audience. And we will read your comment online. Carl Rainier says, if I die and go to heaven, the first thing I'll ask God is how do you bell clavin i don't i don't actually like to correct a listener but it's actually the other way around that's the first thing god will ask you that actually is the test uh, that you have to take it's short but difficult so it's very hard to tell what exactly the democrats are expecting to make us believe about their riots and they're their riots they're in democrat cities they're spurred on by democrats democrats approve of them the press who are the democrats approve of them mobs of marxist punks are destroying buildings bullying innocents and bringing terror to neighborhoods What's it about? Is this somehow necessary for our country to become more just? Are we supposed to root for these thugs, destroying people's livelihoods and streets? They call for defunding the police, an idea opposed by 85 percent of Americans. They shout death to America. And Democrats literally tell us that this is so righteous and important that they'll even lay aside the completely nonsensical Chinese flu rule, which, which with which they've been bullying the rest of us for months. What problem is this addressing? They keep using this meaningless phrase systemic racism but where's the evidence? It's not the police most police killings turn out to be justified if one or two are not that's truly tragic but there's hundreds of thousands of cops in the country cops in the country it's going to happen sometimes and there's no evidence it happens more to blacks because they are black. Where's the systemic problem and how is it going to be solved by looting and bullying and vandalism? Clearly the real issue here are outcomes black people are more likely to be poor. They're more likely to commit crimes. They're more likely to have no father and die young than white people are. And if you think those problems aren't caused by racism, the left says that you must believe it's co- they're caused by racial inferiority. But after 60 years of programs, social programs and welfare programs largely directed toward blacks, isn't it more likely that the problem is 60 years of social and welfare programs largely directed toward blacks? These programs give incentives to illegitimacy, dependency and unemployment, but they provide so many trillions of dollars in Democrat patronage jobs and campaign payoffs that the Kratz would rather let our country burn down than admit the problem in black neighborhoods could be better addressed by a more libertarian approach. I don't think Democrats are tacitly approving the destruction of our cities because of social justice. I think they're doing it for money. If I'm wrong, show me one change for the better that has risen out of this ceaseless mayhem. I dare you. So picture yourself with a car that isn't working because it needs a part. So you get in the car and you imagine that you're driving down to the auto parts store and then you talk to the imaginary guy. And what does he say? He has to go into his computer and look for an imaginary part, which won't even be real. Instead, you could just say rockauto.com. And not only do you get the fun and pleasure of saying rockauto.com, you can get your part yourself on your computer. RockAuto.com is so much easier than going to the store. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And when you go to them, you get to say rockauto.com. Your wife will love that. They, it really turns them on. Trust me. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer without leaving the house. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Claven in, in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Also write Clavin in there, how do you spell Claven box so they know you know how to spell Claven? And also say it like that, Clavin, Kl- Rock Auto, clavin, yeah, it's K-L-A-V-A-N. There are <laughs> no- <laughs> so the press is in a panic, and I'll tell you why in a couple of seconds. But first, I just have to play this delightful video from CNN of a reporter from the city of Kenosha, Wisconsin, which has been turned into Beirut, okay? Here is his reporting, it's got 23
2: What you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations in the face of law enforcement. It wasn't until night fell that things began to get a little bit more contentious. Things were thrown back and forth. Police started using some of those crowd dispersal tactics like tear gas, even playing uh, very loud sounds to push them out. And then what you are seeing, the common theme that ties all of this together is an expression of anger and frustration. So there's
0: all the Chiron at the bottom, the little thing at the bottom says the, the protests are fiery, but mostly peaceful. The city behind them is in flames. It's, so they're fiery, but mostly peaceful. What, do you, what, does even, what does that even mean? He's talking about the outrage. Oh, and I love the fact that he says it's mostly peaceful during the day. It's only at night. That's you know, like saying my, my neighborhood is safe during the day. It's only at night. So it's mostly safe. It's just at night. If you go outside, you get mugged. You know, that's, that's the problem. That's the way criminals work. They work at night. So we've learned all this stuff about what's going on. This guy, Jacob Blake, that the riots are about. We now know he had a knife. We're not sure whether the knife was in his hand or in the car. Remember he reached into the car. That's when the officer shot him. He was resisting arrest. He had already tussled with the police. They tried to tase him. The taser didn't work. They reported this in one newspaper saying he had a knife, but he was otherwise unarmed. So it's mostly peaceful, mostly unarmed, just had a knife. You know, I mean, the least we can say, I mean, we also learned that George Floyd had these lethal levels of fentanyl in his body and may have died of that, even if he hadn't been arrested in the way he was arrested. And the least we can say, right, is that we don't know what happened. The least we can say is to keep, you know, our our decisions to ourselves, to wait To be careful about what we say, to not accuse people because you see a video. Even people who are on the scene frequently don't know what's going on. The thing is, it's the narrative. This is the thing. It is the narrative they're pushing that this is a problem, that this is a really crisis problem. And it's not. It's the outcomes in black communities, in parts of the black communities that are living off and mostly under Democrat governance, mostly on uh, Democrat, the Democrat dime. That's the problem we're facing. And nobody wants to talk about that because it means Democrats would have to give up trillions of dollars in patronage jobs and money. They can use your money, tax money they can use for buying votes. And that really is what we're dealing with and why nobody wants to talk about it. So a new rasp poll has come out just I think it's just out this morning that has Trump down nationwide by one point. Obviously, a big big closing of the gap, and Rasmussen has been pretty accurate. Rasmussen is usually a little bit more favorable to the Republicans, and that makes them more accurate because the other polls uh, skew left. If this is true, and it's still an outlier poll, it's still most other polls still have them four to eight points a, uh, apart. But if it's true, it explains this panic you're seeing in among the Democrats. It is absolutely intolerable for them. They can't do anything about the fact that the Republicans are on display. They're talking to us. Unless you go to CNN or MSNBC or one of the other leftist uh, outlets, you can see what they're saying. You can see the argument they're making. You can see what they're talking about. And if you're online, you can see your country burning down no matter how they, even if it's fiery, but it's peaceful. I mean, how stupid the CNN think you are. Really, really. I mean, they must think that you want so badly to believe what they're selling that you are willing to believe it even uh, even when it's right in front of your own eyes. On ABC, I love this exchange. This is the problem with the riots for them, right? These are riots that are terrorizing ordinary people. These are riots that are destroying the law and order of our country. These are riots that have been inspired by the left, that are condoned by the left. They make little gestures when the polls look bad. They make little gestures about maybe you shouldn't be rioting so much. But let's face it, they haven't taken strong action. They haven't allowed Trump to come in. Trump has made offers now in Wisconsin. They finally accepted some help from him so he can send in some federal agents and federal troops. Listen to what they're really worried about. This is ABC, cut four. I saw a video today that struck me. It was, it was a white business owner of a pizzeria in Wisconsin that, that had been uh, destroyed. Uh, it, it looked like it, all the glass had been broken, and he was pleading with the protesters, the demonstrators, screaming at them, do you want to re-elect Trump?
2: Essentially saying, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to essentially fire up the other side. Do, do you think that's the case? Could that happen? Is there a danger here? Uh, I saw that video, and I, and I think there is a, a
1: danger
0: the <laughs> danger to the press is <laughs> that Trump will be reelected. Not that your house and business will burn down. Not that you'll be mugged in a restaurant or terrorized and bullied in a restaurant. That's not the problem. The danger is a real danger here. Trump could be. We could lose the election. We Democrats could lose the election. Christy Nome, the first woman president of the United States to be. Uh, I love Christina. I think she is the best governor in the country. Now I have to qualify this by saying she's governing a state with six people in it. She's the governor of South Dakota. There's like, you know, seven, eight people in there, but she is the one who said, I'm not passing any mandates or laws about masks or closing your business. Do the right thing. Here are the facts that we know act in a safe manner. And they did. And they came out of it very well, or at least, uh, Right now, they're coming out of it very well. Didn't hurt their economy as much. She has been absolutely great. She says, I trusted the people, the people trusted me. So she made a speech at the Republican convention yesterday and she described what's going on in the cities quite bluntly, cut two.
3: It took 244 years to build this great nation, flaws and all. But we stand to lose it in a tiny fraction of that time if we continue down the path taken by the Democrats and their radical supporters from Seattle and Portland to Washington and New York. Democrat-run cities across this country are being overrun by violent mobs. The violence is rampant. There's looting, chaos, destruction, and murder. People that can afford to flee have fled. But the people that can't, good, hard-working Americans, are left to fend for themselves. (laughs) That was
0: too much honesty for the press. Rachel Maddow on MSNBC cuts away to fact check. This is cut six.
3: Governor Noam just said from Seattle and Portland to Washington and New York, Democrat-run cities across this country are being overrun by violent mobs. The violence is rampant. There's looting, chaos, destruction, murder. People that can afford to flee have fled. Um, Joining us for more on that and to essentially run a reality check on that assertion uh, is the mayor of the great city of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, who's joining
2: us on short notice. And her caricature of the great cities across America is not only wrong, It's purposely wrong. It's Jenny Durkin, the mayor of Seattle,
0: to fact check. Here's what Jenny Durkin said about the violence when they took over an entire section of her city. Here's what she said about that. This is cut 27.
3: We've got four blocks in Seattle that you just saw pictures of that is more like a block party atmosphere. It's not an armed takeover. It's not a military junta. Um, we will, we will make sure that we can restore this, but we have block parties and, and the like in this part of Seattle all the time. It's, it's known for that.
0: It's going to turn out to be the summer of love. She said that was just before the city councils voted to defund, partially defund the police and their chief of police who was admired and respected by everybody. What was her name? Carmen. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, let me see if I wrote it down. Yeah, it was Carmen Best. Uh, she she resigned. <laughs> Jenny Durkin is coming on. They're not burning your city. No, it's a summer of love. It's great. It's t- t- terrific. So now they have this this a new video. This guy Kyle Rittenhouse is like a 17 year old traveled from somewhere in Illinois to go to Wisconsin with a with a gun. Uh, he obviously he said he was there to help the police. He obviously loved the police, and uh, he was cleaning up graffiti. He's now under arrest for murder. He has shot several people. Uh, one of them, there's one video of him being chased before he opens fire. It's cut 20. So it, it's, it, he's being chased down the street, and finally he's knocked down. He turns and opens fire. The guy who was killed, a guy named Joseph Rosenbaum, is a registered sex offender for having sex, for some sexual incident with a minor. But they're branding this guy as a white supremacist, as a militia member. We just don't know. Again, we don't know. I'm not passing judgment on him. I'm not saying he's a great guy. I'm not saying, he, you know, because we don't know what happened before he was being chased. We don't know if he was being chased because he opened fire. We don't know what's going on. You know, it's like we we have no idea. That's what makes the press so bad. That's what makes the press so evil. I have no idea. They have no idea. This is the thing. You don't get justice through riots. You get justice through courts. I mean, I know it's frustrating and I know it doesn't always work, but that's how you get justice. You get justice through professional investigators investigating, going before court and juries deciding. That's how you get justice. What is this about? What is it about? And, you know, I just I, this whole idea that they, there's <laughs> Jake Tapper. I love Jake Tapper's reaction. He's afraid that we're not being nice to the looters. I love this. This is cut 25.
2: We've known that this was going to break uh, throughout the night, and I wondered If that was going to temper at all some of the language we have heard from Republican officials talking about the mob, talking about these protesters uh, in very dehumanizing ways, this individual, if he is guilty, he is responsible for his crimes. Not any of the individuals he supports, including President Trump. But the idea that a supporter of President Trump is accused of killing protesters last night.
0: Jeez, it's Trump's fault. Essentially, they're dehumanizing. They're dehumanizing these guys. He says they're dehumanizing these rioters, this mob. And here is the big one. This is the big one. Somebody pulled this. Someone from Vox pulled this on me too. This is the thing they really want to sell. And I hear some of the Never Trumpers saying this as well. This is Anderson Cooper's reaction. Cut twenty four because he knows. They can't hide this anymore. They've been trying their best. It's been mostly peaceful, fiery, but mostly peaceful, mostly unarmed. They're doing their best. But now people see it and they're seeing it during the convention. So they have something to compare it with. Here's Anderson Cooper selling the party line. Cut 24. The vice president is saying, and
2: quote, we will have law and order on the streets of America. uh, Future tense. We will have it. Um, But this is the Trump's America. I mean, he has been now in power. It is if. The vice president and the president are talking as if
0: they are just observers to what is going on, as if they are the uh, they are uh, running to unseat the sitting president and vice president. They are the this is the administration. This is their vision for America. This is a this is a bogus argument. It, It may sell to some people because people don't think about what the reality is and people don't know that much about stuff about the way the country works, but this is a federal system. Trump just can't always go marching into other people's states and with armies. He can't do it. And the minute he did it, Anderson Cooper would be the first guy on the air calling him a fascist. You know it. I know it. It's obviously true. When he did it before in Portland, they blamed him for the violence as if the violence hadn't been there before and if, as if it didn't get worse afterward, which nobody reported. Trump is, in, Trump is in a bit of a bind. I wish you were a little bit more aggressive myself. I I do. But still, this is a federal system. This is the Democrats selling this. They've been selling it for a long time. A cop gets killed. I mean, a cop kills somebody and they immediately assume the cop is guilty. They spread the violence. When this when this shooting happened in Kenosha, they said that the Washington Post reported, oh, man, you know, man shot in back while children watch. They didn't wait to find out if he had a knife. They didn't wait to find out what the story was. They rushed to judgment and then they inspire this violence. And then it's Trump's fault. It's a wonderful thing to sell. You're going to have to be pretty stupid to buy it, though. You know, while you're sitting around at home, if you're not getting out much, you want to get nice stuff in the mail. Bespoke Post will help you with that by sending you a customized box of awesome. What is a box of awesome? It is a collection for guys curated and guaranteed to upgrade your life bespoke post only sends guys the best stuff every month no matter what you're into box of awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware cooking tools and outdoor gear box of awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life because i'm gonna have to travel in a couple of minutes i got my dop kit from box of awesome i love it it really is great because it not only holds a lot of stuff it folds into the suitcase really nicely to get started and it looks great uh, to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code CLAVEN at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code CLAVEN for 20% off your first box. And I know, I know, you're thinking, how can I do that if I don't know how to spell Clavin? It's it's a tough one. It's it's an unanswerable question. (laughs) And then suddenly from above, the answer comes. So Joe Biden finally, maybe because of the polls, finally says something about the violence. But it is a statement that really needs to be unpacked. Let's start with what he first says about the killing in uh, Kenosha. This is cut 28.
1: What I saw in that video makes me sick. Once again, a black man. Jacob Blake has been shot by the police in broad daylight with the whole world watching. You know, I spoke to Jacob's mom and dad, sister, and other members of the family just a little bit earlier, and I told them justice must and will be done. You know, our hearts are with his family, especially his children. It's horrible what they saw, watching their father get shot. Like Gianna Floyd, they're asking why, why daddy? Put yourself in the shoes of every black father and black mother in this country and ask, is this what we want America to be? Is this the country we should be? So that's not too incendiary.
0: Why daddy? Why did daddy get, you know, the guy was resisting arrest. The least we can say is this is a complex situation that needs to be examined, that needs to be, the evidence needs to be gathered. Judgment needs to be uh, put forth by professionals and a jury. You know, assuming that this is, you know, police shot a man in broad daylight, as if the police went out prowling, you know, looking for somebody to blow away. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. And then they wonder why the city's burned. So here's Biden now finally, finally, finally calling, saying, well, the violence maybe isn't as good as it should be.
1: You know, as I said, after George Floyd's murder, protesting brutality is a right and absolutely necessary, but burning down communities is not protest, It's needless violence, violence that endangers lives, violence that guts businesses and shutters businesses, serve the community. That's wrong. (laughs) That's wrong. But George Floyd was murdered. Did I miss the trial?
0: Did I miss the trial? I mean, this is what I mean. Just a little bit of of nuance, just a little bit of of shame shades of gray, just a little bit of not blaming the police who go out there and risk their lives for us every day. A little bit, a little bit of calm before you decide that this is a murder. And before you tell people, essentially, you get people ginned up, you get people angry and then say, oh, but don't burn down the community. That's not the way it works. And another thing, why is it? Why is it that when Democrats talk about black people, they always talk about criminals? Why is George Floyd, a guy who walked into a house with a a gang held a woman at gunpoint and home invaded the house? Why has he got angel wings and why is he a wonderful person that that we're going to hold up as a role model for black people? Why is it when they talk about blacks, they only talk about the looters. They don't talk about the guys who built businesses, the black guys who built businesses in those communities, black men and women who who built businesses whose neighborhoods are being destroyed. Why don't they talk about them? Why don't they talk about all the majority of people, the majority of people in in the black community who aren't criminals, who aren't looters, who aren't doing that stuff? Why are they worried about them? Why do they always? Hold? I mean, it's it's just a terrible way to treat people and a terrible way to think about people. But we know Joe Biden believes that if you don't think that way, you ain't black. If you aren't going to uh, stand up for him, you ain't black. You know, it, it really it really is something They they there, there was a guy, um, a, a guy named Clarence Henderson, who was a desegregation activist back in the real days in the 60s, uh, who made this comment on uh during the convention this is cut three we talked about the fact that it's republicans who have been there for black people all throughout history which is absolutely true and here's what he said
1: freedom of thought is a powerful thing there are americans voters all over the country who media is trying to convince to conform to the same old democratic talking points you know what that'll get you the same old results Joe Biden had the audacity to say, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Well, to that, I say, if you do vote for Biden, you don't know history. <laughs> yeah. So
0: there's been a lot of this outreach in the Republican convention, a lot of it. I mean, you know, they could be giving up on black voters. They could say, oh, we never get the black vote. So why do we care? We're not going to go after him. That's been the old style in the Republican Party. It really has. But Trump has changed that and he is trying to reach out. Now, here is what the, the chief political analyst at CNN, Nia Malika Henderson, has to say about the convention, which is really interesting because if you're watching the convention, they're very much saying, you know, join the party, pal. Come on and be part of the the fun of being free in America to everybody, to black people, to women, to gay people. You know, they had uh, um, Rick Rennell on yesterday. They're saying it to everybody. They're trying to make a big tent out of the Republican Party. And here is what Nia Malika Henderson says she sees when she watches the Republican convention.
2: That is the message, I think, that that Donald Trump uh, wants to deliver to particularly white people, uh, that he is the one standing between uh, the lawlessness of black and brown people, uh, and he is the one uh, that can essentially help white Americans uh, maintain their status. There is some anxiety among white Americans about the changing demographics of this country. There is some anxiety uh, about sharing power with different groups uh, in this country, and you have uh, Donald Trump saying that to, to white America, you won't have to share that power.
0: You know, that reminds me of when I was a reporter, there was this is actually a true story. There was a reporter who had to go cover the July 4th picnic. I was a small town reporter. You had certain things that you did like this that were just kind of routine. And he had to go out and cover. I think it was it may have been Memorial Day, Memorial Day or July 4th. It was a picnic, you know, whatever. And he decided this is the same thing every year. So I'm not going to, I'm too busy. I don't want to go. It's Saturday. You know, I'm just, I just don't feel like doing it. So he wrote the report without watching, without actually going to the July 4th picnic. And you can guess the result. The mayor had a heart attack and died. And his, his story just left that out because he wasn't there and he didn't see it. This is like, they don't even tune in to watch the Republican convention. They just know, just call them racists. call them racist, say white people are afraid of losing their power. White people are afraid and that's, you know, and it's racist, races, right? You know, just, just write the report I got I got stuff to do. I can't watch. I'm not going to actually watch the Republican convention. You know, I'm just going to call races. That's what I do. That's what, but, you know, underneath this, too, is this is this undeniable fact that they think the country is inherently bad. I mean, there is one there was one moment. Uh, this guy, Madison Cawthorn, he's running for house in uh, North Carolina and he's in a wheelchair. He was in a car accident. He was coming back from uh, spring break or something like this. And his pal fell asleep at the wheel and he was paralyzed. So he's in a wheelchair. And this is the end of his speech. Play the end of this.
2: I say to Americans who love our country, young and old, be a radical for freedom. Be a radical for liberty. And be a radical for our republic, for which I stand. One nation under God, with liberty and justice for all. So.
0: So he stands up, if you're not watching, he stands up out of his wheelchair and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Yamnish Alcindor, and this is a woman on our dime, She's worked, she works for, well, she's a contributor for NBC News and MSNBC, but she's mostly on public, uh, on, the, on public TV. She tweets, Madison Cawthorn made a point, made it a point to stand, suggesting that all Americans... Should stand during the pledge of allegiance and national anthem. It was a direct rebuke of actions by people, including black athletes, who are currently sitting out games protesting police brutality. Your point being, it obviously was. that obviously was exactly what it was. It was obviously exactly a rebuke to black athletes who don't stand up for the flag. It, it, that's exactly what it was. What what does she know about the country? What does she know about the public that makes that wrong? That makes that an inexcusable thing to do, which is what she's suggesting. Meanwhile, by the way, the NBA players, a lot of the NBA teams, there's a report now they may have come back, but they said they're walking out on the playoffs. They're going to uh, boycott the playoffs, which I thought, well, I'm already boycotting the playoffs. I've been boycotting the NBA and all sports that that don't respect the flag. I'm boycotting them all. But the only difference is I'm not kowtowing to China. I'm not apologizing when I criticize China, who are jailing minorities and uh, sterilizing women and oppressing the entire uh, nation. I'm not doing that, but I am boycotting the NBA. But this brings to mind the fact that, you know, they did everything for the NBA players. They let them wear Black Lives Matter jerseys. Uh, They let them kneel for the flag. They let them do all that stuff. How woke do you have to be? And, you know, the problem is you can never, ever be woke enough. And, you know, that that's the whole thing. You can never be woke enough because because it's all narrative. It's not real. It's just not real. There are problems. I'm not saying there aren't problems. I'm not saying that a black guy doesn't get treated differently by a cop than a white guy because of the crime in black neighborhoods, because it's more dangerous statistically to be dealing with him than it is to be dealing with a white guy. You know, if I get pulled over, I probably get treated more nicely than a black guy who gets pulled over. I'm not saying that's not a problem. I'm not saying it's not there, but whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? And whose fault is it that black people have been stuck in these dysfunctional Democrat Enclaves in dysfunctional Democrat cities. Whose fault is that, do we think? You know, after all, after all, it has not been conservatives who have been in charge of the way minorities are treated in this country for the last 50 years. It's the Democrats. It's the Democrats. And maybe that's where we should start looking for the cause. NetSuite. You know it, you love it. NetSuite. You, you know, the thing is, I I am a business. This is true. I actually am a business. I sell my wares to the Daily Wire, to other places, to I've just sold a book to a company. I've got a movie deal, stuff I'm doing. You know, I'm a business. I have to know what's going on in my business, you know? I'm actually a corporation. I you look at me. I don't I look like a corporation? I am. NetSuite is all you need to get let you know what's going on in your business. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number 1 cloud business system finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need is all in one place so you save, save time, money, and headaches. And whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales like myself, NetSuite gives you visibility and control so you can manage every penny with precision. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. You can get a free guide, Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com Claven Get your free guide and schedule your Free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Claven. Netsuite.com slash Claven. You cannot run a business if you don't know how to spell Claven. It's K L A V A N. Had a great mailbag yesterday. wait Great way to get into the mailbag is to be an all access subscriber. All access membership includes nightly all access live sessions where one of us hosts uh chats with you guys, uh, exclusive access to live online discussions with hosts, and you get two leftist tiers. Tumblers tonight. Michael Knowles will be live. Ah, so that's not that interesting. Well, well, I'll tell you anyway. Michael Knowles will be live streaming the final night of RNC speakers, including President Trump, on All Access Live at eight fifteen PM Eastern, five fifteen PM Pacific. Sign up at DailyWire.com/slash/Clavin with coupon code Access to get twenty percent off your membership. It's very important when you're going to watch Knowles to sign up with my name because it really bugs him. <laughs> All right, we got more to come. So if you don't think the press is panicking, listen to the way the New York Times tweeted out the transcript of uh, Mike Pence's speech. Mike Pence, the vice president, who I like to call, I like to lead his name, put his name together and call him Mensch, uh, which is Yiddish for a man in full, a real man. He's been I, th- I think he's done a great job as vice president. And obviously, he's got a, you know, cantankerous president to deal with, and he's just done a, a great job. He hasn't tried to steal the limelight, which Trump doesn't like. Uh, he's defended the guy all the time, but he's never I've never seen him lie or, you know, mischaracterize anything. So The New York Times publishes his transcript. Right. Here's here is a transcript of the vice president. No, 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 my friends. Here's what The New York Times writes. Vice President Mike Pence called the 2020 election a choice of whether America remains America in his speech. He also offered a litany of exaggerated, ahistoric and not at all true accounts <laughs> of the Trump administration. So you've got to translate The New York Times from journalism into truth, right, because they're speaking journalism, but you have to speak truth. And what this says is we are losing control of the narrative. So in our puling panic, we have completely abandoned any even the pretense of being unbiased. The New York Times really now reads, it reads like a playground that's been chalked up with graffiti. That's what it reads like. So I really liked uh, Pence's speech. He's obviously not the most dynamic speaker in the world, but he did the one thing, one of the most important things I've been saying about Trump that he should do is, is not deny the Glitches in his personality that sometimes make him difficult even for the people who want him to be reelected like me. we sometimes makes us think, ah, I wish he wouldn't do that. So Pence had, this was, I thought, the best line in Pence's speech about that. This is cut 13.
2: Now we came by very different routes to this partnership. And some people think we're a little bit different. But you know, I've learned a few things watching him. Watching him deal with all that we've been through over the past four years. He does things in his own way, on his own terms. Not much gets past him. And when he has an opinion, he's liable to share it. (laughs) He certainly kept things interesting. But more importantly, President Donald Trump has kept his word to the American people.
0: See, I think this is a really important thing to do. Some, of, You know, I I have a strain, a little bit of a Trumpian strain. My wife always used to call me Mr. Tact because I will say what I'm thinking. I will say the thing that uh, I think is true, even when it's not maybe politics to say it, even sometimes when it's not polite to say it. You know, and, and Trump does things that make all of I think all of us, anybody who's really paying attention, who's not a worshipful Trump supporter, uh, but just wants the country to be free and thinks he's the better man of the two people that we have to choose from. You know, he says things that make me go like, ah, that's not the way to put that. And that's not what you should have done. But so this part of his personality, let's acknowledge it. Let's bring it out. Let's have a sense of humor about it and understand that that's the way. You know, obviously, if my wife didn't have a sense of humor, I'd I'd turn around. I'd have an axe in my head. Right. You have to have a sense of humor to deal with people who do stuff like that. And the choice is clear. Here uh, Pence goes after Biden has cut 12.
2: When you consider their agenda, it's clear Joe Biden would be nothing more than a Trojan horse for the radical left. The choice in this election has never been clearer, and the stakes have never been higher. Last week, Joe Biden said democracy is on the ballot. And the truth is, our economic recovery is on the ballot. Law and order are on the ballot. But so are things far more fundamental and foundational to our country.
0: And that, you know, they were complaining about that. There was what some guy said, oh, no, you know, he he thinks he's still running. They got ready to uh, run against Bernie. And now they're pretending Joe Biden is Bernie. Well, even Obama in The New Yorker said Joe Biden and Bernie are really not f- very far apart. If you look at them from above, from 40,000 feet, you look down at them. And this has always been the Democrat line. If you listen to them, we are for socialism. But some of us believe we have to get socialism slowly that's that's really what they believe that really is the difference that always is the difference and one of the problems is some of the republicans think this too some of the republicans think that that socialism and globalism is the way of the future they're just trying to slow it down because their followers don't like it their followers don't like it so they got to lie they got to slow it down just like you know obama said he was against gay marriage knowing he was never against gay marriage he had already said before he said that Uh, During the election, he he had said that he was for gay marriage, so. So he was lying, but it's just, they think like, well, we have to say what we say, you know, to get elected, but then we're going to, you know, we're moving it forward. And Obama is only a moderate in the sense that he believes in moving a little bit more slowly than Bernie Sanders. And Joe Biden doesn't know what he, be- you know, Joe Biden is gone. By the way, I, I, you know, this happened just as I was coming on. Nancy Pelosi came out and said, I don't think that, he, that there should be any debates. We shouldn't, we shouldn't dignify Donald Trump. So they're really scared. They're, this is really bothering them. This week has gotten under their skin. They're so used to dominating the narrative This so they're so used to just this creating this empire of lies, this cloud of lies, this fog of lies that they don't know what to do when a little bit of truth gets out or even just a little bit. You know, look, I'm not so partisan that I think everything the Republicans do is is great. I'm not so partisan that I think the Republicans are all great people. It's just what they represent, what they actually are saying they represent. It is true that. The Democrats openly don't like the Constitution, don't like the First Amendment, don't like the Second Amendment, don't like the Electoral College, don't like the Supreme Court. Oh, but Trump is a threat to our Constitution. (laughs) Trump is a threat to our way of life. That's that's their sales pitch. And when something gets around that, they are so used to dominating the means of communication. When something gets around that, they get scared. You see it. And I think Nancy Pelosi is scared when she says that. I think CNN is scared. I think ABC, they said they're scared. It's a danger that Trump will get... Danger, Will Robinson, it's a danger that Trump will get reelected. So the other thing I really liked about this convention, too, is the number... Of pro-life speakers. You know, some people say that Donald Trump is the most pro-life president we ever had. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I think George W. Bush did a lot of stuff uh, that was pro-life. But I think that just in terms of not apologizing, not ducking away from the issue, leaning into the issue, I think Trump has been great. One of my favorite speakers yesterday was uh, the nun, Deirdre Byrne, who was first she was an army captain she was a, a, she's a medical doctor and she finally became a nun and she came out with a statement pro-life statement that was just the kind of thing that I don't know I think it's uplifting to hear because look if we're going to lose let's lose for what we believe Let's lose saying what we think. Let's lose. If we're going to lose selling America, let's lose selling America. Let's not lose saying, oh, yeah, America, it's not very great, but we kind of like it more than they do. Let's, you know, wave the flag. Let's stand up for the flag. Let's get out of wheelchairs and stand up for the flag and let them know what it looks like to be an American. And if we're going to stand up for life. Let's stand up for life, because as the science increases and we learn to see children in the womb, there's just no way they can keep this argument up. They, only, they are ultimately going to have to say what some feminists have already said. No, this is killing, but we want to do it. So here is Sister uh, Deirdre Byrne, nine, 19.
3: We must ask ourselves, what are we saying when we go into a womb and snuff out an innocent, powerless voiceless life? As a physician, I can say without hesitation, life begins at conception. While what I have to say may be difficult for some to hear, I am saying it because I'm not just pro-life. I'm pro-eternal life, and I want all of us to end up in heaven together someday.
0: That's uh, That to me is great stuff, because at the Democrat convention, they were, not not everybody, but many of them were saying the Pledge of Allegiance without the words under God in it. And you remember, was it the last convention where they booed God thrice? They denied God thrice uh, when they wanted to vote to have God mentioned in the platform. This is the Democrats are a party that basically are opposed to religion. It's not an accident. I'm sorry, it is not an accident that they are allowing protests but shutting down churches. That that is something they really believe. They believe that it is more important that people run riot in the streets, burn down businesses, threaten people in restaurants beat up people, terrorize people. They believe that is more important and more conducive to justice, or at least more conducive to their winning power than people going and praying, which elevates the individual conscience above the government. And so when Donald Trump comes out and says, these guys are anti-God and everybody starts to say, what, this is a terrible thing to say, he's only speaking the plain truth. And that's what they hate the most. They hate the plain truth. They want to riot, but they don't want to be it to be called riots. They want to commit violence, but they want to say it's mostly peaceful violence. They want to be against the Constitution, but they don't want to be called unpatriotic. They want to say America has racism in its DNA, but they don't want to be called unpatriotic. They want to leave God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, but they don't want to be called godless. It's all about the narrative. It's keeping the narrative in place while they do the actual things that they are doing. This is a dishonest uh, party, the Democrats are a dishonest party. The Republicans are politicians. I'm not going to elevate them above that, but the things they stand for are the things we stand for, and they are true. And they, th- that's the, the important thing. What they represent are good ideas and great ideas that have been tried and tested. And can take us forward into the future. You know, I I started this with uh, my favorite, Christy Nome. I love Christy Nome. I forgot to mention that I love her also because she's hot. I know some people say that's sexist, but they only say it because it's so sexist. But I can't stand it. I just love her because she's hot and she's smart and she uh, leaves her people free. I want to end with uh, what she said about the American founding. Let's cut seven.
3: Our Constitution guarantees the right to speak, to assemble, and to worship the right to arm ourselves as a counterbalance to a standing army and the right to a fair and equitable criminal justice system. We must fight to protect these foundational rights from government interference and indifference. America is unique in the world. Government's power at all levels is limited to the confines of our constitution.
0: So to have somebody speak about our founding, with love, instead of speaking of our founding as if this is, and this is the leftist line, it is that it was founded on racist principles. It was not. The, the American founding was not founded on racist principles, anything but. The principles it was founded on ended slavery. They didn't, they preserved it in the Constitution in order to put the country together because they had to, but those principles are what have gotten us to the point where everybody is expected to be treated equally. When Trace Adkins, the country guy, sung the national anthem, there were disabled military vets in the front row listening and they actually stood up. Do we have a cut of that or just a picture? It's cut 14. Who's brought stripes and bright stars and the rocket's red glare. So if they can stand up Millionaire basketball players can stand up. Democrats can stand up. The people who are rioting in the streets can stand up and respect the flag that gives them the rights they expect to have. When they say their rights have been violated, it's the flag that protects those rights. When they say their rights have been violated, it's the founding that enshrines those rights. The rights come from God, but it's the founding and the flag and the Constitution that preserve and protect those rights from government. If they can stand up, we can all stand up. Listen, I got to go. It's the Clavenless weekend. It's going to be a long one. Uh, I'm not going to be back until Tuesday. Basically, you're doomed. A lot of people say, you know, who knows? No one knows the end. No one knows the day or the hour. This is it. But if you survive, I will be back on Monday with the Andrew Claven show on Tuesday. I'm sorry, with the Andrew Claven show. And I will still be Andrew Claven. See you then. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director is Pavel Wodowski. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, or head and makeup, by Nika Geneva. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire, 2020.
1: You know, The Matt Wall Show,